0: Talking about chicken a la king, mango and garbanzo tabouli, potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil. Zucchini ziti, granola fruit bar. Look at all this
1: beautiful food. Guys, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. Today's guest is a food blogger, a restaurant consultant, and the person behind the amazing Instagram food account at how.kev.eats, and the incredibly popular TikTok food account how kevitz, which has over 1.3 million followers. Please welcome
0: straight from Iran Kevin Noparvar. <laughs> that was the best introduction I have received to date. Thank you, Dan.
1: Really? Good. I like to I like to juice up my guests before, but I, I'm very fascinated by you because I don't I don't really know you that well. And a lot of people, I, I probably get like one text or email a week, like, do you know Kevin Noparvar? And it turned me on to you, and I started following you, and I love your videos so much, which we are going to get to in a minute. Thank you so much, uh, Kevin. Because you're, you're very passionate about food, and I love that because everyone, everyone on this is. But before we get to your passion about food, let us get to your fridge. You guys can see Kevin's fridge on my Instagram, at StandUpDan. I'm going to share the screen here. Okay, Kevin. This is a very good fridge, I got to say. Thank you. Especially after my last guest, Carl Tart, had the most disgusting fridge. It was an unhinged fridge. This is a very hinged fridge. (laughs) All right, Kevin, top row. We've got a lot of different... You've got like a lot of different dairies going on here. There's almond milk. There's almond creamer. There's a lot of almond going on. And then there's like... This looks like just regular ass Kroger whipped cream. You've got like three bottles of heavy whipping cream. What's this about? Are you a heavy? You're you're not you're not like a you're not like a seven year old child.
0: No, no, no. So there's a good reason behind that. I did uh, an Olive Garden review a little while back, and I gave it a pretty low score. I gave it in threes, which is which is very low for me. But I had a lot of people saying like like in the comments, especially on TikTok, uh, more so than Instagram. They were saying that's all some people can afford. Olive Garden, like, why are you shitting on a place that you know has relatively inexpensive pasta? And this is what people look forward to out in the Midwest, or or even you know closer than that to me, or to New York, or whatever. And um, it's I found it really funny because that whole meal costed me seventeen bucks. So my retort was that you're able to make pasta that is ten thousand times better than that for seven bucks. So I got a lot of people who were like, no way, no way, no you can't, what are you talking about? You can't do that, blah, 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 prove it. So now I'm making this, um, this rigatoni a la vodka video and part of it <laughs> includes heavy cream. So that's why you see heavy cream in there.
1: That's amazing and I love that you fought back because I think it's, a, it's very easy to get shamed like that, but it is very true. First of all, actually it's not true because it's gonna cost you probably $3 for the pasta.
0: It- Cost me heavy cream, rigatoni, and um, like all the other ingredients for the pasta sauce, I think came out to a total of six bucks. And I shopped at Trader Joe's. So like, that's hot. That's like higher end shit.
1: Yeah, but that's not one serving though. How many servings is that?
0: No, absolutely not. It comes. You could comfortably feed two people with that.
1: Exactly. So we're talking like yeah. three dollars. So
0: don't. Yeah. Don't, three dollars and yeah, exactly.
1: Three dollars and change. That's amazing. Well, good for you because I saw your I I saw your Olive Garden review and it was great because that that soup there was a soup that was like. A gnocchi, a, su- a soup, with fucking gnocchi yeah. in it. That was the most disgusting, limp-looking, watered-down garbage. Sad.
0: It was and very watered-down. It was
1: very, very sad. So good for you. Fight the fight. Fuck, fuck Oliver. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Olive Garden is a sponsor of the podcast. We love Olive Garden. No, I'm kidding. They're not. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. Uh, especially not after this.
0: Especially. Yeah, exactly.
1: Very well organized fridge. I'm going to go to the crisper here. You've got these like little crab apples. What's mm-hmm. what are these baby apples about?
0: Those. Um, OK, so. There are times where I play soccer three times a week. And humble brag. There are times. Yeah. So, well, I, don't know, I guess. Um. <laughs> but i play i play soccer 3 times a week and before i play the soccer game i love having like a little a little fruit just like a th- i like a little sugar if I if i can eat those apples i take one with me if not i'll get like i'll maybe have like a coffee or uh, like a rice crispy treat or something like that just to get like the carbs and the sugar in so okay. that i can play the game to the best of my ability So that's the deal with those apples but yeah i got to Got it. you gotta keep it kind of healthy before doing anything strenuous like that.
1: Got it. okay that's that's a very good excuse for a for a baby apple. I'll, I'll, For some weird
0: looking apples, Cause, yeah.
1: Because it's true, a whole apple is quite a commitment. It's a yeah, it is. You got to take a break. Also,
0: get over it after like the seventh bite. Yes. those little ones. You're like five bites deep. You're good. You're ready to go. Let's <laughs> let's 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 fucking wreck some people in soccer. In the
1: door here, you've got a lot of very interesting condiments. I I I love the bottom drawer here because this is like your little ode to Iran drawer. You've got like sadaf pickles. You've got za'anin pickles. You've got like a lot of Persian pickles going on, which I do think Zadin. I think that that is a very good gateway to Persian food is start with the pickles because they're delicious.
0: Oh, so delicious and you can pick them up like already made, you don't really have to do any work and it's just a jar. You can chase any rich food on probably the face of this planet with with some of those. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's delicious. Like pickled vegetables, very underrated. To just have chillin in your fridge because it can liven up any shitty dish you get delivered or that you make in a matter of two seconds.
1: And very, very good for the gut health, very good for the gut flora.
0: Is it? I didn't know that.
1: Oh yeah, it's really, really healthy. And it's funny, like, because Persians have this culture of torshi, that's what our, our pickles are called. And yeah. our parents, I don't know if this is the case with yours, but like my grandparents like always had this one jar that like they were like, We were escaping Iran. <laughs> We left <laughs> we left everything back there. We brought this jar of pickles. I'm like, why don't you fucking bring some gold or something? They're like, no, leave the gold. Take the pickles.
0: Nah, the, the pickles, the pickles are too important. Uh every that is so accurate. And it's usually, by the way, when they say that story, it is usually like really expensive shit to get and it's like that it's like the black garlic that naturally ferments for like 40 years and then you're able to have it right and it looks like black tar but it's Fucking delicious
1: yeah it's amazingly delicious it's de- it was definitely a hard sell though when you had like american friends coming over like trust me this black piece of coal is delicious
0: <laughs> that looks like the plague yeah. in the jar. Like, but trust me it's good <laughs>
1: oh man what is this over here on the top you've got something in a jar that looks like a pickle action
0: oh those um my uncle actually makes these pickled pearl onions and they're like now popular throughout my whole family because they are so good, like the best pickle. Shout out Piruz, my uncle. Piruz, Amu Piruz is what I call him, <laughs> and he um, Amu means uncle in uh, in Farsi. In case you know, we got some we got some non Persian people listening to this. Yeah, and he makes the best pickled pearl onions, and it's just in mite, I'm salivating thinking about it. It's like only a hundred feet away from me right now. I can go get it, but. It's um, It's got sherry vinegar, garlic, and jalapeno. It's really, really simply done. And he lets it like just like really – he pokes holes into the onions. Yeah. And he lets the juice kind of flow into the core. And it beautifully just like permeates throughout the entire onion. And when you bite into it, it kind of bursts with a little bit of the – with like the, the, sh- the little hit of sherry. So if you're having like, again, anything rich, if you're having like chicken and rice, something like that, and you want a little bit of like acid – It's the perfect thing to chase your bite with. And it's like, just his are so good. So we always have at least like six or seven of those jars in my house.
1: Amazing. I love it. I'm going to have to hit up Amu (laughs) Piru's for...
0: I got you. I would actually, I would love to gift you. If we were doing this in person, I probably would have brought you a jar of
1: those. Oh my God. Amazing. No, I will definitely take you up on that. I'm very interested in what you're doing because I feel like I came up in the generation before like TikTok and Instagram and like, you know, became a stand-up comic and like had to go to the clubs and get better. And there was no like social media way to like to f- expand your reach. And I, so I, I I feel like when it comes to especially like, you know, in the food space, everyone is a fucking food blogger now or I don't even know what what the word is, a food influencer. Yeah. And mm-hmm. It's really annoying to me because so many people don't know about food and are suddenly these like tastemakers. So it, it's kind of annoying, but it's also refreshing because people like you, who I think are doing it in a really cool, interesting way, are finally, you know, are getting, you don't have to go through a gate, gatekeeper to get you know, your voice across, which like a lot of us had to, Yeah, but what came first? Were you a fan of food first and then got into this?
0: Yeah, actually, actually, I, uh, so I've always been a foodie. I also, uh, I went to culinary, I went to two culinary schools. Oh, nice. So I did, I was like, I was taking it pretty seriously, but somewhere along the way, I think, I think it was the second time I was in culinary school. I just, I was in the kitchen and I just realized like, I realized like pretty quickly that this isn't for me. Um, as far as like a long term job is concerned, I don't know. It's brutal. It's brutal. It's very, very like underratedly intense. Yeah, I, I don't think people really give it enough credit for for how much shit people go through in a kitchen. Yeah, especially a successful one. And I think that if you want to, if you really want to like make it big, doing that, like I, I have so much respect for you. Um, because it's not, it's, it's really not an easy job at all. And you're really not getting paid nearly enough no. for how much work you're doing. Um, which is, you know, it's tough, but it, it also, it comes with the craft. You know, you're, you're kind of just like putting in your dues and you're, you're getting your experience so that if, if, and when you want to kind of just branch off on your own and maybe create your own, your own concept, put your own stamp, you know, on the, on the food world, um, you're just. Basically, getting your foundation, and that's that's really what culinary school does. That's really what your first couple years in working in a restaurant do. Uh, I also worked at a restaurant for a little while. Um, I quit both culinary school and working at the restaurant at the right. same time.
1: Right. It was the Olive Garden. Um, we should mention it was the Olive Garden.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was an Italian restaurant, but uh, but it wasn't. No, it definitely wasn't Olive Garden. Um, that probably would have been a lot easier. And then. I, uh, yeah, I just realized quickly like this. I, I don't want to cook for the rest of my life. It's more of just like a fun hobby for me, and that I feel super passionate about. But the goal was always to go back into food. So since I was about three or four, like I was like the first kid at preschool who like brought raw onion with him to lunch. Oh my to, like, god! Eat with my food, and it would like stink up the whole class. And they were like, like, my teachers would ask my mom, like, how does this kid have such an advanced palate eating raw onion at like two or three years old, some three or four, maybe something like that. Uh, and, and my mom was just like, like, he's his, you know, he's his son's dad or he's his dad's son. Like my dad's a huge foodie, arguably bigger one than I am. It yeah. would have been me probably on crack. He would have been a lot more of a people pleaser on social media. I I don't subscribe to that. But he is a way bigger. He's like as big of a foodie as I am, if not bigger. And he, you know, is me and him just always shared so many memories together growing up, you know, around food. So definitely, food came first, then content curation.
1: Okay, so then you start making these videos, and I mean, I, it's funny to watch the evolution because I started from like the first couple, and then to see where it's come to. You've settled on you've settled on a very very fun formula, which is like you're in your car, and you're 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 eating it. In your car, and it's got this weird ASMR thing going on, like your crunches, like you crunch, and my fucking nipples get hard. (laughs) It's just like it's this crunch ASMR that's really awesome. And then like, you know what you're talking. I mean, I'm not surprised that you went to culinary school because I'm like this fucker knows what he's talking about. But like, do do you fall into a trap though where eating food doesn't become enjoyable anymore because you have to make content out of it? Never, never.
0: Because there's there's always an angle. There's, there's times don't get me wrong, there's times where I, I would love to go out to lunch with my friends or my family or you know casually grab lunch or whatever instead of go getting co- going and getting content but but the content's like it's so fun to make for me that I never feel like it's dry. I really don't like it's and and by the way like with with how many like comments I get of like like from trolls and stuff like that like you really gotta love what you're doing right to keep going on the course <laughs> like because like there are people who just say like <laughs> like really can i cuss something?
1: yeah problem? yeah what i'm curious what's the meanest thing that that uh you've heard
0: well i mean i've got like a ton of stuff like like why the fuck would anyone listen to you like a lot of people like you know they, they just say like a bunch of shit left and right i, I really don't i don't pay much attention to it yeah. but like your eyes naturally are like as you're scroll, scrolling through comments you're gonna see negative shit so um, so you gotta like a lot of that, but, but, yeah, it's just like you you again, I, I think Steve Jobs actually said this back in the day, and he was like, you have to love what you're doing, or else any sane person would quit because it's it's just it requires so much of your time, right. And so much of your of so so much patience, so much like mental space. sometimes it is what feeds your soul, and sometimes it's kind of what weighs weighs you down mentally. And you got to just like, you know, stay the course and and it makes it a lot easier if you actually truly enjoy what you're doing. Right. The content also turns out a lot better. Oh, I'm, I
1: mean, you can I always say like you can see passion, you can feel it when it comes from someone and when it's not there. Mm-hmm. And if it's not there, it's like you just tune out. So I, I definitely see a lot of passion in your work which is cool thank you what are some of the takes the hot takes that you've had that have caused the most i don't know up uproar
0: there has been there has been a lot the biggest one especially as of lately because i just kind of resurfaced this is five guys versus in and out yes because i think five guys fucking sucks <laughs> compared to in and out right and so many again let's let me just let me just you know, pause, back it up for a sec. I haven't had Five Guys on the East Coast, and I heard on the East Coast it is significantly better. But as far as West Coast Five Guys versus what, like In and Out, yeah, there is literally no comparison. Right, and, like nostalgia aside, from from going to In and Out, like there is like you can't even compare it. In my opinion, like it's just In and Out is just so much better. There's such a big gap. So like when people try to argue with me. Like oh, Five Guys is better quality. It's like no, it's not. It's just more expensive. Like they both, they both store their meat from from the research that I've done. They both store their meat relatively the same. They're both getting it from ranches. The only difference is that In and Out's ranches are closer to all In and Out restaurants, which is why they haven't expanded to the East Coast or the Midwest yet. Five Guys is okay with having their meat on a truck for a couple days. Right. Or, you know, or, or, or whatever, just to get it to the other properties or to get it to the other locations so that they can make money off the people in both LA and New York or, you know, something like that. So like, like people just like, I don't, I don't dislike if people argue with me. I actually, I live, I live for food debates. I, I, it really like feeds my soul on a different level it's just that people that are like horribly misinformed or just completely speaking out of emotion where I'm like, dude, like, why are you even participating right now? Right. Like, this is like, like you can have your opinion. Fine. And I, I love, I love when people share their opinion with me about food. That's the whole point of like what I'm doing, but like, be just a little like, like, don't, don't spread like misinformation, like to get your point across. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like don't say like, like in and out, is like McDonald's and they they store their their meat is on the same level as McDonald's. Right. It's like, right. like, like what the fuck are you saying, bro? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, as you can tell it boils my fucking blood when people say that.
1: I'm with you though. I don't really see how five guys became a part of the conversation. Like I remember when it came out, and I'm from the East Coast, I've had the East Coast one. And I remember being like, okay, I there was so much hype around it, and I tried it, and I'm not one of the types of people that I'm not I try not to be contrarian. I try not to be like, well, everyone likes it, so I fucking hate it. But like it tasted yeah. like an airport hamburger. And then Shake Shack started making hamburgers in the airport and I was just like, well what is the point now?
0: Shake Shack I really like. I think Shake Shack's great.
1: Shake Shack is great. I think In-N-Out is better, but here's the issue with In-N-Out. Agreed. The issue with In-N-Out is the barrier for entry. I have to fucking like have like a, a power bar just to to wait in line to get my fucking In-N-Out. <laughs> And I have to like wait. They're pretty quick. I don't know, man. The one by me in Hollywood, it's like there's a, the, the cars are like around the corner. If you want
0: the drive. Oh, you're talking about the La Brea? Location? Yes, you're fucked. The one that's right, or they're right next to Highland. It's awful. That's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Yeah, I agree. That one's a nightmare, and that's—I feel like that is a factor
1: for me—is the barrier for entry. Like, there's very few things that I want to like wait on a line to get. Like ramen, I'll do. I'll wait on line for good ramen.
0: What's your favorite ramen spot?
1: <sighs> My favorite ramen spot right now is probably—I love Tsujita Annex.
0: I've heard phenomenal things. Haven't gone yet because the line is so long.
1: Yeah, it's a long line. Although I've that's beat that one on, that's the one on Sotel, right? <laughs> yeah, I've beat the system. Yeah. Though here's what I do: I order an Uber to. Tujita. And then I call the Uber and I say, hey, I'm not going to get in the car. Just go there and put my name on... <laughs> on the list, and they'll put my th- my name on the list, and then I'll I'll ride up like an hour later and be ready to go.
0: How much do you have to pay for that? It, it depends. It's a, it'll be like a, a $10 Uber. <laughs> Ten bucks to have your name on the list so you don't have to wait in line. Dude, to me, that's worth it.
1: Also, it's sautel which there's a lot of really awesome little Japanese kind of bars around there you can hang out at True. before. But they do something called Jiro Style Ramen, which is like truck driver style ramen. It's like a huge bowl. They use a lot of like pork fat, and it is... Just like overflowing with like toppings. It's just so good. It's like a, it's like a grow, it's like an upscale gross garbage ramen. And I fucking love it. What's your favorite?
0: That's a really nice way of putting that. Yeah. I've been to quite a few ramen spots, but I don't, I wouldn't say I'm like the authority on ramen. I haven't had, I haven't had like enough to say like I really truly know what goes into a phenomenal bulb ramen. Right. However, I, I still have this one. It's my order at Tatsu Ramen. And it is, I still think it is so good. It's the naked noodles. And you get a side of their hippie broth, which is actually vegan. Okay. And it is the most delicious, rich, like unbelievable. I'm salivating as I'm saying this. It is. It is so, so good. And it's like, it it almost tastes like like a beef broth and a pork broth had sex and Ooh. this was the baby. Wow. And it has no meat in it. And it's okay. it's to die for. Wow. You pour it on the naked noodles and you have that as if it's like your ramen. And you get it with a ton of garlic, ton of scallions. And I get it with tofu because the tofu does a really good job of sort of absorbing the liquid. So that right. when you bite into it, it like bursts in your mouth with all the flavor of the broth. Yeah, and then you wrap some noodles around it. You got that like bouncy noodle texture. They're a little bit. The naked noodles are a little thicker, so just like all together, if you get everything in one bite, especially with that the little bit of that egg yolk that kind of seeps into the rest of the broth. Yeah, delicious.
1: Wait, let me ask you this: Are you are you a how good of a Jew are you? Do you eat pork?
0: I'm in. I'm in like the hall of fame of like I like I don't practice at all. Like I I eat pork shellfish yeah like you you name it like i like i, I mean i went to culinary school they i don't want to say they make you try everything but like you're really not getting the full experience if you don't you
1: know <laughs> right well try here's, everything i you know it's funny because I'm a, I'm a pretty bad jew when it comes to food too and i am very anti-semitic when it comes to good jews telling me where i need to eat because i'm like you haven't tried everything there <laughs> I don't want your ramen suggestion when you you know you you won't even try the pork, but I don't know maybe that's something some deep sea shit with my parents.
0: Maybe maybe you should explore it a little bit, but hey, you know that's not that's not really like it's I mean it's funny that you used anti semitic in that in that <laughs> regard, but it's like. But well, I, I get what you're saying. It's like, if someone if someone can't try 100% of a menu, and yeah. they can only try 20% of it, they're just telling you what the best thing is from the yeah.
1: 20%. Same, by the way, it's not just anti-Semitism. It's like anti-veganism. Like, my vegan friends, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to San Francisco. They're like, oh my god, I gotta give you this list of restaurants. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. I don't have to go to Johnny's Cassava Hut in fucking San Fran because it's the only vegan restaurant. I. I don't know. I feel like um, context matters. And you seem to know a lot about fast food. That seems to be like a big niche of yours.
0: Beginning to, yeah. Yeah.
1: What if you're. If you are in the middle of nowhere and all you have are, you know, the big chain fast food places, what is your what is your go to? What is your order?
0: Are you asking me which which chain restaurant I would want on this island that I'm deserted on? Or are you just no, I'm saying what is the go to order that you like over and above any other fast food meal?
1: I'm saying you are at a fucking highway exit ramp and the only options are McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, Wendy's. Okay. W- what do you do? What do you get
0: out of those four without a shadow of a doubt? I'm going to Taco Bell.
1: Okay. Interesting. No matter how no. Ma- and sobriety doesn't matter here. Really,
0: Taco Bell, Taco Bell by a mile is better than McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's, in my opinion.
1: Okay, hold on, hold on, Kevin. Apples, oranges, okay, because you can't. I I love the fish fillet. Correct. I love the chicken tenders. I those are things that I can't get at Taco Bell. It's mm-hmm. a completely different flavor profile. I think True. Taco. I, I and I think, I think that McDonald's and Burger King will have a more a refined a more A nuanced flavor (laughs) Whereas Taco Bell is like A fucking guy takes a shotgun of flavor And just shoots you in the mouth in the Fucking best possible shoot me then, in-
0: <laughs> shoot me then baby. I, I, wa- I shoot that shit right in my mouth.
1: <laughs> in the look again, in the best possible like if I'm drunk, there's nothing there's nothing that'll hit the spot better than taco Bell. But if I'm sober and like and, and sober minded, I feel like I would go with chicken tenders, barbecue sauce, fresh french fries, extra crispy, and uh, I'll be a very happy boy.
0: Okay. I agree with you, it is apples to oranges. you can't really compare. However. If you are giving me the option of those four, eight times out of 10, maybe nine times out of 10, I'm taking Taco Bell over the other three, like out of 10 exit ramps that I'm going towards. Wow. I'm getting off. I'm, t- I'm taking Taco Bell.
1: What is your order?
0: Okay. So Taco Bell's menu has changed recently. Um, but still, I went the other day. Uh, actually, my mom's favorite fast food restaurant is Taco Bell. So we went the other day. and. Right. I also tried their wings that they dropped for like a week. Oh
1: yeah, how are those?
0: Which they were like whatever. Um, like it's not. That's not like. That's not like a Taco Bell item. That's that's just like a floozy, great, fantastic marketing opportunity for them to get everybody through the door of Taco Bell to remind everybody how amazing they are at their niche, uh, which right. they, by the way, executed ph- like phenomenally. Get out of here. However. Okay. yeah, they they well, that the marketing push, they executed phenomenally, right. They, they got a ton of people going talking about Taco Bell on social media. They got a ton of people in Taco Bell restaurants. They made probably a fuck ton of money off that. They pretty much sold out of chicken wings every day. It's crazy,
1: I will say this. This is what Taco Bell is best at. And as a as an artist, <laughs> I must say, the fact that they take chances and they're always trying new things is very exciting. And they're, I mean, they just ran like they'll be like, "We're making our taco shells out of Cocoa Krispies this month." And you're like, "All right, you fucking weirdos, let's, cool. I'll, let's I'll give it a well. shot." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're always doing weird and interesting things. Okay, so outside of the wings, what is so what is what is the OG order for you?
0: You gotta get a Crunchwrap Supreme, and I add jalapenos to it. Pro move. What is the
1: crunch? explain what the Crunchwrap Supreme is? Because I always get them confused. Like which one is what?
0: It's like a okay. It, it looks like a frisbee. It's like a it's like a Mexican frisbee. Yes. <laughs> <Like> it has <laughs> it has ground beef, a tostada shell in there, which is like yeah. a crispy mini tortilla. Uh, lettuce, tomato, sour cream, and cheese. Okay, got it. And then I add jalapenos to that, and I pour their hot sauce or their mild sauce on every bite. That's really good.
1: Also, we'd like to we'd like to apologize to the Mexican national frisbee team. They're listeners. You guys don't <laughs> use those as frisbees. But okay, got it. So that's I I know that one.
0: It's also not like real Mexican food. Like real Mexican food tastes like so much better than even the best thing at Taco Bell. But that's a whole other debate. Well, I you know it's funny.
1: I think that's also apples and oranges. I don't think Taco Bell Taco Bell is like kind of a whiff of mexican food but it's more like an american creation of like
0: it's an it's definitely an american creation there are some dishes though like like hard shell tacos like you can get that in a mexican restaurant and it will be significantly better. You
1: don't go to Taco Bell for for one note. You want a lot of notes. You want their weird True. fucking the hard shell wrapped in the soft shell. You know, wrapped in you know deep fried
0: and the then gordita crunch. Yeah. Yes.
1: Oh my god. That's that's mine. I love the gordita crunch.
0: Yeah, I like that too. the uh, The Baja chicken chalupa is really good. Um, it's kind of like their bread on that is almost like a lightly toasted pita bread, not really a tortilla. Yeah, it's really good yeah um and then they fill it with the taco bell stuff like the usual taco bell um condiments in there
1: it's like that greek gyro bread that they use <laughs> yes
0: exactly it is literally it is it is exactly that the i did have so when i got wings i also got the the fiesta potatoes because i saw it literally all over tiktok
1: oh and what is that know, I have
0: a lot of really good things to say about it it's basically just like you know, like potatoes that you get for breakfast like they're just like baked potato like 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 cubed up potatoes yes like, like uh like, like home home other. fries
1: home fries like home fries exactly
0: yeah. they, it's that with sour cream and cheese whiz on it and you could pour like their mild sauce on it or what or any other sauce you want like the, uh the fire sauce or diablo sauce or whatever and you you just it sounds so simple and it's so just beautifully taco bell and delicious and it's it's so good that's that is a must order must order at taco bell wow but yes the potatoes that sounds pretty yeah.
1: amazing okay good to know
0: it's so good that when you're drunk would be next level
1: yeah Let's go like up a notch. So we've got the fast food and then we've got like the mid-level kind of, let's put Olive Garden in that category. Let's put Panera. I saw that you reviewed Panera. I loved your Panera review because I always thought like, who the fuck is like, I have to go to Panera? Yeah. Like, whenever I've had Panera, it's been like at a meeting where they just like have it for lunch and you just have to take a half a sandwich of Panera. But... But like of the mid-level joints, what's your go-to?
0: It's so funny because like I just tried all these places for the first time, so there isn't like like to say it's a go-to. It's not like really my go-to, but the best. But what was like
1: a surprising one? Yeah, what was a surprising a, a, a nice surprise?
0: Red Lobster, really? Red Lobster was the biggest surprise to me. Yeah, biggest surprise <laughs> to me. Really? Yeah.
1: Take take me through it.
0: I thought going into Red Lobster experience, I was going to get the same. What Olive Garden is to Italian food? I thought red lobster was going to be to like seafood. Yeah, in general. right. Is it the best seafood I've had? Of course not. Is it even kind of the best seafood I've had? Of course not. They have some dishes though. They have some dishes that are pretty good. And I was like, I was just eating it. And I remember there was just one point in the review and I actually included it in the final cut of the, in the final cut of the video. Like there was a moment where I, I was like halfway through the meal, and I was like drinking water and I was like, "Is fine. Is roll lobster good? Like is this is this like actually not awful? And I finished the meal. I ended up giving it like a seven, I believe I gave it a seven one or a seven three. I can't remember. Wow. and I, I liked it. i I wouldn't wait in line for red lobster probably ever, but in comparison to my expectation, it yeah. far exceeded it. And I think that as far as like the mid level, like fast casual places that that they're like, I don't even know if that's fast casual, but they're just like, that's, that's definitely ring supreme over the other ones that I've tried. I still have yet to try Applebee's and I have yet to try Sizzler. So those are two that are coming mm. up.
1: Have you tried chilies? Yes. Have you tried the Southwestern egg roll?
0: I don't believe so.
1: Oh my God. Kevin, if you, I always say this, if they took the fucking Southwestern egg roll, they put it on a nice plate with some garnish and served it at a, at a three-star Michelin restaurant, you'd be like, yeah, no, I get it. This is great. This is totally should be the third course in this 15 course tasting menu.
0: It is. I highly doubt that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I see it being above average.
1: You'd be like, "Wow, yes, the French Laundry is back, baby." <laughs> <laughs> Have
0: you been to it, a three-star Michelin restaurant?
1: I've been to many three-star Michelin restaurants. I'm
0: not going to be on the menu,
1: bro. I've been to many of them, and I'm telling you, the the joy that the Southwestern egg roll from Chili's brings me is <laughs> it, there's nothing I had at at Osteria Franciscana that beat it. There's nothing I had at Mugaritz, nothing at Per Se, nothing at
0: but, Dude, I, this is I, insane! What you're saying <laughs> right now. This is ass. this is so crazy to me.
1: I stand by it. I need you to try it. Uh, just try give me it. a shout out in the video. Be like, okay. Dan. The fucking. Uh, you'll see. Close your eyes. Go in with an open. Go in with a lobster, uh, a Red Lobster open mind.
0: Maybe we'll go together. Maybe we'll do that review together.
1: Oh my god, I would love nothing more. I want to be in the backseat of your car for the review. By the way, how dirty is your fucking car?
0: I take care of that baby. I take care of it very well. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I also have dates in that car, so like I can't have it smelling like shit. So. Oh
1: my god, it always smells like raw onions in your car.
0: Yeah. I thank <laughs> God it smells like a brand new car because it kind of is a brand new car. <laughs> What's the
1: highest rated uh w- review so far?
0: Osteria Moza.
1: Osteria Moza. Interesting.
0: My favorite restaurant in the world as well. You didn't
1: have you didn't have it in your car, did you? No. Mm-hmm. Favorite restaurant in the world? Okay, well you haven't had the chili southwestern egg rolls yet. <laughs>
0: Have you had the Have you had the Tex Mex egg rolls at Cheesecake Factory?
1: I haven't been to Cheesecake Factory in decades, and every time I walk by, I'm like, I need to go back here. I want to go back to the Cheesecake Factory.
0: Uh, maybe we'll do a side by side in a video oh my god so we'll get the Tex-Mex egg rolls and we'll get the southwestern uh rolls from Chili's and we'll we'll compare and see which one's better
1: I'm very very excited to do this
0: it sounds like a good piece of content sounds fun
1: it sounds like uh, I'm, I'm 100% <laughs> down and you'll see the Chili's thing is it's better than that big ravioli at Austria mozza you're gonna see
0: <laughs> dude you are saying some really really crazy shit right now but I, I love your passion I love your passion <laughs>
1: If you've seen any of Kevin's food reviews, he's almost always eating in his car, which makes me wonder, when did people start eating food in their cars? It turns out The Pig Stand, built in Texas in 1921, is believed to be America's first drive-in restaurant, where guests would park, order, and eat their dinner at the wheel. As car ownership rose dramatically through the roaring 20s, most of these drive-in restaurants opened up to cater to America's new drivers. Soon, the drive-in model was replaced by the drive through model, and In-N-Out, mentioned earlier in today's episode, was one of the first restaurants with a drive through A drive through that I will never be using because it takes five frickin' hours hours to get your burger. I'm going to get to these questions that I ask every guest, and they're just going to spur on more questions uh, and more conversation. But what is your earliest food memory?
0: I have an early food story. My actual memory, my earliest food memory is probably me being like four years old and going to In-N-Out with my dad. And that, that also, I will absolutely take responsibility for that playing somewhat of a role (laughs) in my (laughs) in the shake shack in and out however um my oldest food story and this is a story that my parents will tell for the rest of their lives when i was i believe four months old um they were feeding me like baby food and it was at the table and my dad and my mom, and my sister were all having gourmet sabzi, which is like a tradition. for those of you that don't know, it's like a traditional Persian dish. It's like a beef stew with a ton of herbs. It's green. It has some beans in it. It's, it's like the Persian staple dish. It's amazing. Yeah. It's
1: like the, na- it's like the national dish of Iran.
0: Exactly. So they were having gourmet sabzi and uh, my mom was feeding me like Gerber baby foods, like pureed, pe- like pureed carrots or something. So. They tried giving me a spoon of that. And my parent. this is all, I don't, I don't, I obviously don't remember this. It was very, way too young, but apparently I would like, I did this with my hand and I would just like block it out of the way. Like, I don't want this. And I would point to my dad's plate of food. So my dad turns to my mom and he's like, why don't I just give him like a little bite of the gourmet, uh, give it to him out of my hand and let's just see what happens. So she's like, all right, fine. Like, I don't, I don't want you feeding him this stuff at four months, but whatever. So my dad's my dad has this little bunched up logme or bite in his hand. yeah and he's like slowly bringing it to my to my head and apparently like as a kid I like jumped forward in my seat to go like grab this bite out of his hand because it like I wanted it so badly. They tried to feed me the Gerber after that. I spit it out and I just kept pointing to the Gorma And then from then on, they just fed me like normal human food.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's a good early one. I have a similar a kind of similar story where my parents like took me to a pizza place for like my eighth birthday party. And I was like, it's my birthday and you're taking me to a pizza restaurant. <laughs> How old were you? I was eight. Fucking pretentious <laughs> little eight year old.
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: OK, next question. You get caught firebombing. A five guys and everyone dies and died, and now you are on death row and you get one death row meal. What is your death row meal going to be?
0: There's a really specific picture you painted there. (laughs) Um, Death row meal. Have I been in jail for a long time? Or am I going to, or am I going instantly?
1: No, you've been there for a while and you've had a lot of crappy food and you've been dreaming about this one thing and now you're getting it right before. I would
0: probably, I would probably get cello kebab. From Sadaf. Oh,
1: interesting. So, Cello kebab is uh, basically Persian. Well, which wh- what would you get? Would you get there uh, or Barak?
0: I would get their Sultani. It's the, this is the best Persian restaurant in LA, in my opinion, too. I'd get their Sultani, which is like beef butterflied fillet, I believe. Yeah. I don't know if they use fillet there, but they might. It's butterfly beef over what's called a mangal, which is like a coal-powered barbecue, and I would get it, I would replace the beef day, which is the ground beef with a ground chicken skewer.
1: Interesting.
0: And I would have that with polo albalo, which is like a sour cherry rice. And I would yeah. I'd put a ton of somog in there and I would just go to town. It's the most comforting thing. I'd want to be comfortable in that scenario. And it would be probably yeah. what I'm craving.
1: That's a, that's a pretty great one. What is the best high end meal you've ever had?
0: Define high end.
1: Let's. This is like tasting menu, expensive, you know, like fine dining.
0: It's not a, it's not a, Osteria Moza is my favorite high-end meal. It's not a tasting menu. It's not like a chef's table experience, but, um, that's okay. That counts. Definitely like upscale. Yeah. That, that I would have to say. And, and by the way, my death row meal, may be Osteria Moza also just depending on my mood. It's between those two.
1: Is there any dish there that you're, that you go crazy for?
0: Two. Okay. Uh, like, I, honestly, like five dishes there I go crazy for, but like, there's two that I'm just like, there's one in specific that I think is really like the best dish of food. And it's this—it's—it's uh, it's actually not even a main course. It's their burrata with uh, with braised leek, mm. and you order it with a side of their fatuta, which is like their their in-house like olive oil and sea salt bread made by the queen of bread making Nancy Silverton, and she she just like lightly toasts the outside of this, puts really really nice olive oil on there, a little bit of like flaky salt right over the top. You get Mm. this bite with the burrata, the creamy burrata, and they have a little bit of basil, a little bit of breadcrumb on top of that. And then you have this braised leek that's almost like soft and falls apart, yet it's still got a little bit of the firmness to it. You break off a piece of that and it's painted. It's literally like painted with whole grain mustard. And it's like got a super thin layer, which sounds kind of weird at first, Yeah. but but the sourness of the mustard goes really well with the braised, like caramelized leek you put all this in one bite on that crispy toasty bread that just like crackles in your mouth so perfectly and that is one of the best bites of food i have ever had in my entire life and that's definitely that definitely lives in my head and i crave it all the time
1: wow you sold it you sold i think we should end this early and just go to moza I'm down. What is the best low end meal you've ever had? This could be a street taco. This could be, you know, just like something you get off the side of the road.
0: It's funny you mentioned street taco because it, abso- it absolutely is a street taco. Um, it's either from Brothers Cousins Tacos or El Chato Taco Truck. And they're a $1 dollar to a dollar fifty cents a taco. They're about two bites each. They're small. So you can get like any variety of meats that you want to try. The pr- El Chato and uh, brothers, cousins, usually go to like a Mexican food stand, Mexican restaurant, something like that. They specialize in one kind of meat and a taco. These yeah. two places specialize, like most of their meats are fantastic. The the beef cheek, the al pastor, the carne asada, the like literally any meat at El Chato is fantastic. And even more so, in my opinion, at Brother's Cousin's Taco Stand, which is in Culver City on Sepulveda or Sautal, I can't remember.
1: Interesting, okay, very cool.
0: Yeah, so those are the two best low end. Like you you can literally give me that after I've already eaten a big meal and I'll still have a couple tacos.
1: Wow, bang, bang.
0: Yeah, it's so good.
1: What is your favorite drunk food?
0: My <sighs> favorite drunk food, <laughs> it's so, it's so random. Okay, in high school, I would like in high school and college is when I would drink the most. Yeah. This was also before I had a food blog and I was taking food really seriously. I'd go to like a couple restaurants a day, really, really trying to advancing my palate. So this is kind of before that happened, but I was still obviously a big foodie. I loved, loved going to Jack in the box at like two, three in the morning after going to a bar or nightclub or whatever, getting tacos from there, the crispy tacos with their taco sauce. A Jack spicy chicken sandwich, an order of curly fries, and an order of jalapeno poppers. You would have the wow. tacos with the taco sauce and the jalapeno poppers with ranch, and you would have those together. And then you would have the Jack spicy chicken with barbecue sauce and the curly fries, and you have those together. And it's like two. Phenomenally fried, greasy, garbage-ass food that just smacks like like nothing else when you're drunk.
1: Wait, so you would be drunk and you would customize a tasting menu at Jack in the Box <laughs>
0: kind with
1: of, yeah. with, pair, with pairings to go with it.
0: <laughs> it was just my order. It was my go-to order. I would get both. I love every it every time. I'd get both.
1: By the way, confession time: I've never been to Jack in the Box.
0: What?
1: Yeah, never. Ever? I'm telling you, I'm East Coast man. I haven't, I haven't been to Jack in the Box. I skipped it because I came here, I came to L.A. when I was like 30 and it was like, it was like done with like eating like super garbagey late night food. I need to get back to it though.
0: You have to try it at least one time.
1: But it's like, if I'm going to go get a burger, I want to go to In-N-Out or I want to go to Shake Shack.
0: You don't get it. You do not get a burger at Jack in the Box. You don't. Okay. You do not get a burger at Jack in the Box. You
1: do the crispy, crispy chicken. You get
0: a crispy chicken sandwich. You get curly fries. Yeah. Get the tacos get jalapeno poppers if you're feeling crazy get their egg roll which is very underrated and amazing also
1: oh my god are we doing a third egg roll in our egg roll challenge
0: dude it is delicious when you're drunk
1: should we enter that into the egg roll challenge the chilies egg roll the southwestern egg roll
0: oh i was like what's the egg roll challenge it sounds like some really sus porn video <laughs> um yeah sure we could do that but no, no no this is different this is like a this is like an Asian egg roll, or in like quote unquote Asian egg roll. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah, that's what they're trying to go for, even though it's right. like an Americanized like abomination. But the chilies and the um and the Cheesecake Factory ones are both like Tex Mex.
1: They're a cut above. They're a cu- yeah, and they're. I'm telling you, man, I'm gonna blow your mind. Do you have a favorite hangover cure,
0: dude? There is close to nothing that beats a really, really beautifully done breakfast burrito and iced coffee when you're hungover.
1: I knew you were going to say that because I have watched a lot of your breakfast burrito videos religiously and you actually made me hungover get in my car and drive from West Hollywood downtown to get a breakfast burrito and, late and late. Yes, and it hit the spot. So It's
0: great. It that burrito <laughs> hungover would be fantastic and the Cafe Los Feliz one because it's a little greasier, would also hit the spot like really, really, really nicely.
1: Do you have a favorite celebrity food personality? This could be a chef. It could be like a, you know, Guy Fieri type. I have a couple. Give them to me.
0: I would say the two top, Anthony Bourdain, for obvious reasons, are rest in peace, to truly an amazing, he really threaded the needle as far as like the food world's concerned. And I, I think that his passion, his way with words, the way he communicated about food, the way he brought a culture onto your screen, into your living room, into your room. I think Gordon Ramsay said something like that. It was just like unparalleled. I don't think yeah. anybody could could do what he did as well as he did it. Agreed. Personally, agreed. Um, as far as like the medium of like being like having a show on TV that aired on TV with commercials and stuff like that, I don't think that anybody could have done it the way he did it. Like it Agreed. was just so beautifully done. I think Jonathan Gold also rest in peace to him as well. Do you have any live
1: food personalities that you like?
0: <laughs> uh, no. Gordon Ramsay. No,
1: I'm just kidding. Jonathan Gold is yes. Jonathan Gold was the LA times food editor, food reviewer.
0: Yeah. I, met, I uh, so I dropped out of culinary school and I went yeah. to, um, I went to SMC and then transferred to USC. And while I was at USC, uh, I took a class called food, faith and conflict, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, he was a guest speaker in the class one day. Um, our professor knew him. So he came in and he talked to the class, and I could just tell his knowledge of food was just like, like it's, it was inspiring. It was almost speechless how much he knew about food yeah. and how, how many high end, middle end, and completely low end foods he knew so much about. It's a complete like encyclopedia. And he had this really great, he had this really, really amazing quote in the class that I'll never forget. He said, you know, it it sounds like a glamorous job being able to go out, eat all the time, but you don't know how many times I've gone to the 15 to 20, basically saying like, someone has to go to the 15 to 20 shitty dumpling spots to find the one really, really good one. Right. Right. And that part of the job is still fun for him, but it's not, it's not what you would believe. And sometimes he would go to a restaurant. Like I think, like, I think he said, he sometimes he, he goes to a restaurant six, seven, 10 times before he writes a review about it, Jeez. you know? And like, which I think is so like beautiful in his own way. And he's also to this day, the only food writer to ever win a Pulitzer prize. And it's because he was ev- he was just like like an, an astonishing writer. He also had a really really beautiful way of words, which is like really what I what I strive to be like. Like I, I would I would want someone to say Kevin has like a really really interesting way with words. That's like where I shoot for.
1: I love it. That's a good place to shoot for.
0: And Gordon Ramsay would be the third one for obvious reasons. He's yeah. a harsh critic. He. He just like wants things done a certain way. Knows what things are supposed to taste like, and he doesn't sacrifice his vision, also a lot of people think Gordon Ramsay's a dick. But like, so like you just killed an an like an animal died for you to overcook it or to undercook it, and now I have to throw it away. And this animal died for no reason, (laughs) so that I can throw this chicken breast away. Like 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 it's like more comes from that place. Like you're disrespecting the animal. You're just like. You know, it's kind of like stuff like that, that, like, if you see him really blow up at people, typically it's because of something like that. I
1: agree. I'm, I'm a fan of his. I mean, I definitely think he hands it up for the camera a little bit, but I think he's a force for good. For sure. You're yeah. absolutely correct. Is there? OK, so let's say you're on a desert island. You're never going to leave this desert island. You've been uh, banished because of... Uh, When they tried to execute you for the five guys thing, the chair, the electric chair didn't work. So they just decided to banish you to an island. And now you're on this desert island. There's one food you have to eat for the rest of your life you will never get tired of. What is it? Tacos. Tacos. Yeah, that's a great
0: one. It's unbeatable.
1: And then the other side of the spectrum, is there a food that you can't stand eating?
0: I hate raw carrots. Really? I hate raw carrots and I hate asparagus.
1: Oh my God. Cooked asparagus?
0: Asparagus is like you're chewing on a fucking twig. Like what what how could you enjoy that? And Wait. it makes your pea smell really fucking weird. If it's cooked
1: well though, if it's nice and I like my asparagus nice and mushy. Mm. Boiled. I want you to boil my fucking asparagus. Nope.
0: No way. And raw right. carrots in any way, shape, or form, you give me raw carrots, fuck that. And a salad, I tell them to take it out. And like <laughs> and anything. Cooked carrots, I don't mind. If you're roasting a chicken, roasting beef. You're making like a bourguignon or something like that, a soup, a stew, something like that. You put the carrot in there, fine. It adds a little sweetness, cool. Raw carrot, no way.
1: You know, I think it's interesting that as a child, you pushed away the baby food, but now you want all of your foods to be the consistency of baby food because it's too hard on your sweet little teeth.
0: That is why I hate carrots, exactly, because it's crispy. (laughs) I hate the taste, bro. It just tastes like shit. I've got carrot juice. Carrot juice is good.
1: I love carrots. I I mean, I'm not nuts about carrots, but I never, like, fuck these things. (laughs)
0: Get them out of my face. I'm like, fuck these things. I I hate them, bro. Raw carrots, I just can't
1: do it. I'm going to keep harnessing the power of your hate and ask you the final question, which is, what is your restaurant pet peeve? And you can have multiple.
0: Holy fuck. I have, yeah. I have a lot. I have Let's a lot.
1: Let's go. Let's
0: go. <laughs> First thing that pops up, I hate it. Hate it. When a waiter is taking your order and they don't write it down. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'll remember it. And it's like an intricate order or you're, you're ordering with like fucking four other people at a table. And then they come back and the order's wrong. Like, write it down, bro. Even if they
1: get it right, I've been sitting here with anxiety of are they going to get it right cuz the idiot didn't fucking write it down
0: yes it's like it's like dude just write like i don't i don't care much about if you if you get the order right fine but like some orders where like you're ordering the food and you have things that you want like you want the order to be specific and i'm paying for the meal to be presented a certain way and to taste a certain way and I know I'm giving you a lot of instructions, and the fact that you're not writing it down, I know you're. There is no fucking way you're gonna remember everything that I'm saying. So <laughs> that that really really grinds my gears.
1: You're right. Awesome, man. Well, uh, thank you, bro. Tell everyone where they can find you.
0: You can find me on Instagram or TikTok at How Kev Eats.
1: Amazing. Well, I will see you in your car with some southwestern egg rolls very yes. very soon.
0: Yes, our agro-review. Let's
1: do it, baby. I love it. All right. Thank you, brother. Bye, man. This episode of Green Eggs and Dan was produced by Andrew Stephen and edited by Jordan Aaron. Executive produced by Jeff Umbro and The Podglomerate. You can find more of their podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music is Beautiful Food by Idan, and the interstitial music is by Break Master Cylinder. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's really important to us, guys. Please do it. If you want more Green Eggs and Dan action, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at StandUpDan. Also, we have a YouTube page where you can actually see me and my guests going through their fridge in addition to other videos. Just type in Green Eggs and Dan in YouTube, like, and subscribe Please, we need a lot of subscribers on that page. You will really enjoy it. It's a very fun element of the show.